uh, we're beginning Philippians, and again, kind of um, to kind of pick up where we left off, you know, last Sunday, where you know Paul said, "I don't know why I do the things I don't do, why I don't do things I do, this evil that's present in me." Uh, but the wanting to do good, and he comes to that dilemma, you know, eventually in his life, who delivers me from this, because he realizes that he can't do anything about it. Um, this is a crazy thing about Christianity, it's a crazy thing about uh, being that disciple, is that uh, sometimes we want to be further along than what God wants us to be, or what God allows us to be. And some of that is our own fault, um, that we're not putting forth that effort to, to become more spiritually mature. Um, for there to be growth, you've got to have some watering and some planting. Uh, the watering and planting is what we do in the physical flesh, uh, but God causes the spiritual growth. Spiritual growth can only come from God. It can't come from any other way. I don't care how many uh, books you read about God. I don't care how many times you're in Scripture. I don't care how many sermons you've preached or, or how many times you ascend to uh, service or even if you uh, have that hungry and thirsting like we should have and even if you come to Sunday school oh by George we put another hour into this thing my goodness gracious uh, wow <laughs> we're going to give God another hour uh, let's not do that um, and then a little bit of time each day of the week um, this is about eternity. This is not about you going to heaven at all. It's about you becoming the righteousness of God. I uh, went to a funeral yesterday, and uh, the preacher was a very polished man, and he spoke very elegantly, much more elegant than I. He had his sermon written out in paper and was able to read it and not stumble over words like I do. Um, I try to listen to the Holy Spirit and just speak what he has to say. But, um, you know, his, his whole message was that we're going to see this gentleman that died and, and everybody, he's waiting there for us. Uh, he's at rest now. He doesn't have to do his earthly work anymore. He's just up there in rest and God has given him rest and uh, it's not about him anymore but it's about you and you just need to come to Christ uh, and when you come to Christ then you won't have any all these these burdens and even read the scriptures about um, you know if you're if you're burdened and heavenly laden uh, come to me and I'll give you rest uh, his whole message was about rest um, uh, that, that this, this Jesus that he's created for people uh, is that physical Jesus, that one that the, that the nation of Israel wanted to come and make him a physical king and wanted him to deliver them from the bondage of Rome and everything. It was all physical. And so what we've done in religion, we've created a physical Jesus that is going to give us all the deliverance of our earthly problems. Never one things said about sin, repentance, a broken spirit or a broken heart, discipleship, um, you got to be uh, taught by God, uh, there's got to be fear of God, um, none of that was in the message, it was all about all you need to do is just come to him and everything's going to be okay and, and you'll get to see Bill, you'll get to see this guy again, okay, I mean, um, he used scripture but he didn't build on the truth in scripture he just told the people what they wanted to hear and everybody was in oh yeah oh great amen and everybody left encouraged and everybody left uh, so happy um, that one day there would be this great family reunion um, I'm sorry folks I 
I don't have that message for you this morning. If you're not born again, you're going to die and go to hell. It's pretty simple. And if you're not repenting of your sins, there's no forgiveness of sin. I don't know why we've allowed mankind to tell us well, yeah, I do. It's because it makes us feel good. And everybody left there with this idea that they're all okay with God and they've not dealt with sin in their life. You're born as an enemy of God. You're born with an evil heart. You're born separated and dead in your trespasses of sin. This is what those people needed to hear. That's what we need to hear. And then I get excited about what I'm going to preach on this morning. Listen to this. It says in uh, Philippians 1, chapter 6, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, who began a good work in you? God did. God did it. Jesus didn't do it. We don't put this in the proper perspective. Jesus did not do this. God did. He's the one that starts the good work in you. Now Jesus is the perfecter of that faith because why? He was that perfect unblemished land that allowed to be used by God to satisfy the, the, uh, the penalty for sin in our lives. He died, one man died for the many transgressions so that you and I might be able to live. But it was God who began the good work in you. It's God who puts the call upon your life through His Holy Spirit. It's God who convicts the world of their sin through the Holy Spirit. Not some man. the Holy Spirit hasn't done and began the work in you, then he can't complete it in you. But when we make a fleshly Jesus, when we make a physical Jesus that gives us all the, the, the solves all of our problems, our physical problems, but doesn't do anything for us spiritually, then that Jesus does no good for us. And the Bible tells us that there is going to be different Jesuses that are preached. And that's what we've allowed in our world today, that different Jesuses are preached. Jesus came to preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent from your sins or you will suffer the wrath of God. It's not about going to heaven. It's never been about going to heaven. I'm confident. He knows that when God starts something, God finishes it. Sad thing is that if we're not doing the ifs of God, then sometimes we hinder that. See, God doesn't force any of this on us. He lays it out for us. Yes, we're saved by grace and we're saved by mercy, period. We bring nothing to that table, but once we have received that spirit and we've received that that, that reward of his blessing of the Holy Spirit in our lives then we have the responsibility to handle it correctly in our lives if I'm not spending time 
in the word of God and allowing the word of God to be written upon my heart that he can't finish the good work that he started in you. He expects us to do our part and has to spend every effort that we can in the flesh understanding that it can't happen unless he allows it to happen. I can't make myself grow but I can do the things that God can use so that I can grow. He began a good work in you and will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, this is a uh, sanctification process. This is a process by which God molds us into the instruments that he wants us to be. You see, he does that not for us, but he's doing it for his own glory. We just get the benefit of that. The joy, uh, the fruits of the Spirit, uh, which, which helps us to understand and get through this life with a different attitude and a mindset than the world. You see, we shouldn't be anxious about the same thing that the world's anxious about. We should rejoice that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's look at Colossians um, chapter 2. I'm again 1 through um, 15. I know it's a lot of verses, but uh, a lot of truths in these things. It says, so Paul writes... Uh, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf and for those who are at Laodicea, for all those who have not personally seen my face. So he basically, he writes out his struggles. Have you noticed when you've read all the problems that Paul had? See, when Paul met Jesus, his life became miserable. Before he met Jesus, his life was pretty good. He was a Pharisee of Pharisee. He had power. He had wealth. He had fame. He had, he had it all. And then he met Jesus. And guess what? His life became a turmoil of disaster. It was a disaster. We don't teach that, do we? Huh? We teach come to Jesus and everything's going to be all right. Well, it might turn out the other way. Paul was beaten. I don't know how many times he says he was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was persecuted. He was thrown out of cities. He was put in prison. He was put in chains. He was left for dead one time. And when it got done beating him, he just stood right back up. <laughs> the dude had a miserable life when he met Jesus. He had to suffer for him. He said, I want, I want you to know what I'm doing here. It's not for me, it's for you that I'm suffering. It's for you that I'm carrying out uh, the, the, the mission that God given me. And that's to take the gospel to the Gentiles. That's, that's me and you. And he did this so that their hearts may be encouraged. See, the only way Paul could have withstood all of those things is that he had a new nature. The old nature would have never allowed him to be able to withstand and give up all that he gave up. His purpose and his life changed. And it was to glorify God. And if it's caused physical disturbance in his life, he was okay with that. Because he knew the reward and the glory of the Father that he was bestowing upon this world through, through sharing the message correctly. That their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love, 
attaining to all the wealth that comes from the assurance of understanding resulting in a not the knowledge of Jesus Christ see and this is where we leave out words when we rewrite the scriptures it didn't say about the knowledge of Jesus Christ it says about the true knowledge of Jesus Christ and there's only one true knowledge of Jesus Christ and it's written in the holy scriptures not in man's book or man's interpretations and if you've gotten what you know about Jesus Christ from any other source other than holy scripture you don't know the real Jesus you've got a false Jesus in your life and you're going to stand before him and he's going to say depart from me I never knew you He goes on to say, understanding resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery that is in Christ Jesus. You know what a mystery is? Something that you don't know why it's happening or what's happening. And Jesus Christ reveals that mystery of God. What is a holy God that can create something from nothing? Since his, why don't he just wipe us out and start all over again? Huh? He has the power to do that. But he made a promise. And God can't lie. That's the only thing God can't do is lie. Did you know that God can't lie? That's the only thing he can't do. He can't lie. And that's backed up in scripture because it says that in scripture. Jesus Christ himself reveals that mystery of that He's going, God is going to redeem mankind back to himself through his son Jesus Christ so that we become the righteousness of God. That means we become holy, we become pure. He allows, we allow him to mold us into what he wants us to become. Now God, understand his purpose happens regardless in spite of us or if we don't do what we're supposed to do, his purpose will still be accomplished. You may not receive the blessing that he had for you if you don't, if you're disobedient. Okay? I mean, God does, he took King Saul and he said, said, wait a minute, I'm, I'm sorry I ever made you king, dude. You didn't do what I told you to do and you became very arrogant and you became very comfortable. Uh, just like Dylan said, you became very comfortable in my relationship with you and you just decided you'd do everything that you wanted to do. And he removed him from that kingship, didn't he? Why? Because he didn't stay true to what God told him to do. And I don't know why in our lives that we don't understand these truths and understand that if we're not doing what God tells us to do and instructs us to do, that there's not going to be consequences to that. Remember, God's more holy than he is loving. Yes, he's patient, but he also has a wrath. We have to look at the full picture and the whole picture to understand who God is. In verse 3 it says, In whom all hit... It, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You want spiritual wisdom and you want spiritual knowledge, you better fear God. We've already talked about that. The beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom comes from the fear of God. And if you don't fear God, you don't have spiritual wisdom, you don't have spiritual knowledge, and you don't have a spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ, and you don't have a relationship with God. I say this so that no one will... Listen, he's telling you this, and I'm telling you this, because this is what it says. Uh, 
He goes, I'm telling you this so that no one will delude you with persuasive arguments. Okay? There's some pretty good religious arguments out there that sound really good to us. Man, at that funeral, if I didn't know truth, I come out of that funeral yesterday thinking I'm pretty darn good. I acknowledge God. Uh, go to church every now and then. Uh, do some good works. Go on a mission trip. Woo! I'm in. But when you know truth, and you know that this is about that nature that we were born with is contrary to God, and God's... Um, saved us to become his righteousness for that to happen we have to have a new birth experience which gives us a new nature and then we have to allow the Holy Spirit to kill that new nature and if that new nature is not killed then we don't have that relationship that you think you have don't let people persuade you with arguments you, you ought to be able to go to scriptures and find the answer for yourself. Well, that's why the scripture says you need no man to teach you. So why are we allowing men to teach us if the scripture says you need no man to teach you? Why are you allowing man to teach you? Why don't you pick up the scripture and ask God to, to teach you, to, to convict you with the power of the Holy Spirit into what needs to be taught in your life so you know what you have. For even though I am absent in the body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit. He was always praying for these folks. It wasn't so that they would be healthy. It wasn't so that, that we have riches. It wasn't so that their problems of this world would go away. But he was praying so that they would stand strong in this world, in their faith, so they would not be persuaded. Sometimes I think we pray for the wrong things. We're always praying for people to get better, but we don't pray, pray for their spiritual life. We don't pray that they understand uh, the, the mysteries of God through Christ. No, just get them well. What good does it do to get them well if they die and go to hell? What good does it do them? It doesn't do them any good. And you're supposed to be the one. You're supposed to be the voice of Christ in the lives of these people and not, the, not to let them continue to believe what's false. If somebody comes and told you I said a prayer and I, and, I, and, I, and I joined the church and I got baptized, I'm going to heaven, you got to tell them no you're not. Do we not care where people spend eternity? Do you not realize what you've been released from and what you've been saved from and what you've been cleansed from to the point in your life that you care about those that are around us to love them enough to share truth not argue with them not be persuaded by their by their clever speeches this morning there's a church in Midway that has this doctor coming in that's coming in and telling us about all these 
ETs that he's talking to and how the ETs tell us about a great creator and he's written book. He's been on full page ad in the Woodford Sun. Their church will be full. Why do we want to learn about all this stuff that doesn't matter? Don't you care if your name's written in Lamb's Book of Life? And you don't get to decide that. He has to tell you that it's there. It's not there because you think it's there, because you feel like it's there, because you think you've done this, this, and this, what the church has told you to do. See, for though I'm absent from the body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline. The, the discipleship life requires discipline. You have to work out. Huh? You have to work out. And if you're not working out and you're not disciplined, you will not have this relationship. You will not grow. You will never become what you want to become if you're not disciplined. I start out every morning to make sure I'm spiritually healthy. I'm not saying that I spend time on my knees and spend time in the Word. I'm checking to see if I'm spiritually healthy. I'm not going through an emotion or an act to say, look, I've checked that off my list. I've had my quiet time today. No, I'm checking to make sure through Scripture and listening to the Holy Spirit that I'm spiritually healthy. And then after I'm spiritually healthy and after I find out what's going on and what I need to do and what, how God's going to continue to transform me, then I get on the Peloton. I did 30 minutes the other day. Uh-huh. Started out with 10. I'm up to 30 been what four months I feel better huh bodily exercise profits very little if I do a squat and I come up and bust a hamstring guess what my body's done for isn't it still we should take care of our bodies we learned that Sunday. you missed Sunday school you missed a great lesson how they came together in one mind and we focused on one mind the church doesn't know what it means to be in one mind we think that we can just live and do whatever we want to do independently of the body of Christ and each other and you can't do that you don't have that right you're a child of God you're responsible to me and I'm responsible to you. And if you're out there acting like an idiot, that has a reflection upon me and my witness. And if I'm out there acting like an idiot, then that reflects on you. Oh, that's your pastor down there? You know what I saw him doing? Or I had a confrontation with him? Man, what an ugly person he is. And you're listening and you're sitting under him? Deacons have the worst reputation, don't they? Anybody you talk to, man, I'm not going to that church. Those deacons down there, 
See, deacons are supposed to be examples as well. See, when, when they called out deacons, they said men full of the spirit. They didn't just pick any old guy that was willing to go out and roll up his sleeves and do some work and take care of the, um, uh, the widows and the orphans. Their criteria was they had to be full of the Holy Spirit. Another one, it started with being spiritually healthy, not the willing to do work. See, this is what we want to do in religion, is we want to put the work before the spiritual. And we think somehow that the work makes us more spiritual. God always starts with the spiritual, and then the work comes. It's supposed to be an example. You're supposed to be an example not only to the best of the congregation, but you're also supposed to be an example to your family. How are we doing with that? Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord. It didn't say receive Christ Jesus. That's not what it said. He never calls him Christ Jesus. It's never just Christ Jesus. And that's all we hear about. Come to Christ Jesus. Come to Christ Jesus. Come to Christ Jesus. No, it says come to Christ Jesus, the Lord. Which means you're submitting to his authority in your life and you're giving up your fleshly desires and your wants and you're putting him first. This is about you changing and not getting what you want out of life. It's about you being spiritually healthy and putting him first and making decisions in your life based upon scripture. God never gives somebody a job that doesn't allow them to come worship. God never gives anybody a better job, huh? That interferes with their worship time when the church gathers together to cry out, Holy God. Where Jesus said there's two or three in, in my name, I'll be there in your midst. Huh? He doesn't give somebody a better job to interfere with their spiritual life. You're better off to quit the job and go hungry. And I'm just telling you the truth of Scripture. But God will let you do what you want to do. God allows us to disobey Him. That's okay. It's not going to be okay, but... So, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord... Now, finish that sentence. So, walk in Him. Okay? This isn't just about going to heaven, folks. Never been about just going to heaven. He didn't come to save us to go to heaven. He came to do away with the evil deeds of Satan and sin in your life. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him, and he established in you, in your faith, just as you were instructed in overflowing with gratitude. Isn't it amazing if we could be overflowing with gratitude? For what he's done for us. The reason we don't have the gratitude is because most of us don't have the born again experience. Because once you've had that born again experience and you've had the contrite heart and the broken spirit and you've, and you've weeped over your sin and you know what you've been saved from, the gratitude automatically comes and you can't wait to come in here with the best that you've got on in heart 
and physically to praise Almighty God and show Him respect and gratitude for what He's done for us. But see, when we make it just acknowledging Christ, come to Him. There's no gratitude in that because you haven't been delivered from anything. Only when you've been delivered from it do you know what the gratitude is. Only when you've been saved will there be gratitude. And it will show in the flesh. And I'll back that up if we, don't have, if we have time. We may not have time to get to that part. So see to it. See then see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. Well, where did Cain get his wife at? I don't really care where Cain got his wife at, okay? Why do, why do we waste uh, so much time on worthless knowledge? Well, this is how I think Daniel felt in the lion's den. I don't know how, didn't say how he felt. Well, why do we do that? Why do we come up and try to put things in Scripture that God doesn't allow us to know? All he wants you to know is that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He doesn't care about all this other worthless knowledge. Bible knowledge is worthless knowledge. The history is worthless. But it's the spiritual truths in those things that lead to salvation. Not just knowing them but the spiritual truth that he's trying to teach us in them. See through it, no one takes you captive through philosophy, empty deception, according to the tradition of men. Why did he write this? Because he knew as time went on that the traditions of men were going to take over and that's why we have all the different denominations and no one is standing up and saying there's only one. There are no Catholics. There are no Baptists. There are no Methodists. There are no Muslims. There are no Jehovah Witnesses. There are no uh, Mormons. There are none of these Protestants. There's none of them. God does not recognize any denomination. Do you know that? Do you realize that in our life? There's not a single denomination he recognizes. And we've got Baptists written out here on our sign and people won't come in and hear truth because Baptist is written out there. Do you realize that? Well, I'm only going to a Baptist church. Well, you're going to die and go to hell if all you are is Baptist. These Methodists won't step foot into a Baptist church. You know why? Because our doctrines are so different. They believe you can lose your salvation. They believe that baptism saves you. They believe you have to go to have works. Christians, they won't step foot in here. You know why? And we won't go there because once saved, always saved, right? Huh? Huh? We got that insurance policy that allows us to do whatever we want in life, right? That's what the Baptists teach. Just say a prayer, get dunked in the tank. Guess what? You're saved. So guess what? You can't do anything else. No, it's the born-again experience that has an impact on your life that won't let you do what you want to do. Can I get an amen? What does that sound like? You know, can I get an amen from anybody? I mean, are we dead to truth?
I'm sweating up here. Finish this verse and we'll quit. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy, empty deception, according to tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of this world, rather than Christ.